0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back. And here is part two of our interview with Tony Khan.
2: Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr.
0: MJF, my favorite wrestler right now.
2: The man of the
3: moment of I was watching MLW, and it was, you know, hard to miss MJF. Uh, Did
0: he cut he, a promo he, that night? Uh, he cut, wrong.
3: I watched him. I mean, I watched him. Like for weeks and weeks and months and months all through 2018 so I saw cut a lot of promos on okay. they had a lot of good people on the show at that time um, and uh, so I was, I was watching it pretty regularly uh, looking for people so I, I would go back in that summer and and NJF was one of the real standout people you know I, I, just off the top of my head and a, this is the same stuff all, all hardcore fans might have been watching at that time but I was really into New Japan they had the show on Access, but also, of course, New Japan World. And that was, like I said, a big part of my business case was, um, you know, taking uh, Omega versus Jericho, bringing it to America. And I knew that match had been a huge main event around the world. And I thought on American pay-per-view, it would draw a big audience and also would draw a big house, having seen what they did at the Tokyo Dome. And yeah. and then I was trying to build a roster kind of around that. And uh, obviously, like, you know, Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers is a, is a great tag match that, that could headline
0: a pay-per-view. Um, yeah. So you, know, you, love, you love tag team wrestling. You actually love it. This is a fan thing, okay? Because I I pushed – well, not just me. Everyone when I worked there pushed so hard. And Vince was always like, I'm paying four people for one match. And so he just he – hate, he hated it. That's why it's never been – that legitimate, but except maybe like eight months here, three months here, and then oh, no, forget all that. But you have a genuine love for it to the point where you guys just put Moxley and 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 Brian together now, even nobody's beating them, bro. Nobody's beating them. Nobody, nobody is beating the American Dragon, period. And my nobody's beating them. No way. I'll do a run-in and prevent. The pinfall, if it happens, <laughs> those men will be killers. I love that you guys put them together. They're
1: so
3: great. And uh, it's a great pairing. I didn't want to, and I don't want to shortchange uh, MJF. with still haven't given. It's,
0: don't worry. Play. He won't let you.
3: <laughs> no, he definitely. I won't. I won't be able to do that. That's one person I'm not going to have a chance to shortchange. He's uh, such a great wrestler. He's such a great professional. And you we were talking about all the great stuff that CM Punk and MJF did uh, in building up their dog collar match or revolution and telling yeah. this story. It's one of the best things I've ever been a part of in my life.
0: I haven't loved a match like that. And I don't know how long, period. I, I, I literally start to finish all, like they say, suspension of, of disbelief. All that was gone. Like I literally, you guys built up to it. This kid, he's like 24 years old, this kid, or 26 years old, some crazy young. I was such an idiot at that age. And he, just to see how crisp and clean and precise all this was, to see that match. And you guys had a long chain. And so, like, even like the visuals when they were tired and spread out across the ring, it was just like, it looked, you could pause it and take a photo. Like I loved everything. And I, I think it is the best story and the best maybe not best match because there's some other ones that got to be up there with it, but the best story that I've seen you guys do and the best story that I've seen in wrestling period since before I ever wrote a wrestling story. And I couldn't even tell you the one I liked more.
3: Well, it, I loved, it, I love love thank you, man. It means a lot to me to hear that, but also it's emblematic of uh, my philosophy in a lot of ways, because I give all the credits to the two of them and JF and CM Punk. I am that administrator in a lot of ways and what i think is really cool is you know if people people will ask why i don't have a lot of writers and it's because i work with the top talent and Bro, there's a lot they of don't need it. So i'll develop stories and programs for and i'll do everything and say like you're going to do this this and this you're going to here's who you're going to work this week we're going to build you up and then at the end of the next week i'll explain where we're going next week and you can do that with like some younger people but with like MJF and CM Punk, you know, with each of them, I've spent hours and hours sitting and planning and talking. And they both came in with such great ideas and a lot of this stuff just matched up beautifully and they both had like long-term story ideas and things we could do. And when you have wrestlers with those kinds of great ideas, look, I don't have to do every idea that gets thrown at me and try to, that's the thing, I try to pick the best ones and talk to different people about different ideas, but... I feel like I'm better off talking to the two of them. Imagine if I'd gone off in a room with neither of them, with like six other people, and then try to go to the two Brother, of them. This was it's the death.
0: This, this was, was the working. death of every good idea that I mean, people smash the writer's room for WWE so often. And, and I've even been critical, and I've written some dog stories too, by the way. Um, but the fact that there would be literally 40 or more people that all got to have say on a storyline, the day of a show, I literally would just be like, Th- guys, this is so far removed from what it started as this won't, how, how can we make, it was crazy. So I love that control, a, a controlled environment. This is what Brian Dennehy, rest in peace. We're talking about a lot of passed on actors, but uh, he said, artist?" Brian Dennehy said, "Artist."
3: in Dorothy Park. I was just watching him in Dorky Park. Oh my Park. God. I, okay, we, now I have to watch
0: he was like a mentor to me on Summer Catch. He was a great dude. I went to go watch him in Iceman Cometh on Broadway and he killed it. And I, I was like, man, you're amazing. And he goes, Freddie, actors, or he said, artists need an environment that's conducive to success. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why this movie sucked, that movie sucked. And I, I started like put piecing things together and he was just such an old school, like clean personality like that. I love that you can trust your talent like that and the ones who you, who you can't, you can help kind of shape and develop and bring up and not force the entire world upon their shoulders before they're ready.
3: The entire thing was the three of us. Like wow. if that makes sense. And that's how it should be. I'm like, oh, jealous.
0: Uh, I'm jealous right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, that's, and, and it's been like that a lot. Like uh, the same thing when punk came in with Darby, you know, he and punk and I sat down and put ideas together. And then I went to Darby and nobody in the wrestling business knew what was going on but me and punk and i went to darby and said this is the promo you're gonna do and basically it was the one i think uh you know maybe 10 days before the first dance i think it was um in early august and the line i gave darby was uh you know no matter how great you think you are if you want to prove it you have to come to AEW, even if you think you're the best in the world. And I knew that
0: like that one line would. That's I, great. I he knew where we were going. Yeah, like, yeah, that's and, like, great. It's
3: great, and like working with different people, you know, whether it's uh, Moxley and, and Danielson or the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and Kenny when when he's been healthy, obviously Jericho and Eddie Kingston.
0: Oh my gosh. Another, eddie eddie gets some of the biggest reactions in the damn company they love him and that story they told was beautiful and i love that he didn't shake his hand and there was so much hatefulness but eddie's talking on the mic i had him on the show man and i told him this on the show i i said and i you guys need to give your social media people a raise by the way you guys cut together a clip with some music and eddie was talking about some some latino pride and you know, I'm not full Puerto Rican either. And I legit, like my eyes welled up. I was like, yo, this guy is going to make me cry. And then like three months later, he's making me want to watch him fight somebody. I was just like, they have some dudes that I am in love with. We talked off air about my love for, for Cargill, um, who I, I told you, I think literally is, is the goddess Athena. Just, she never left and all the all the other greek gods died and she just ate them or or consumed their souls or something i think she i literally have never it's like when i was a kid in the 80s i saw the ultimate warrior at a house show in Tingley Coliseum which was a rodeo house in albuquerque new mexico and he looked like he was sculpted from granite and that his muscles didn't even push in when the other men punched him like everything it was like body armor and When I saw her, I was literally watching it with my 12-year-old daughter. And my daughter, I don't care about language. She's seen all Sarah's in my movies, so language isn't a thing. But when Jade Gargill talked about being a bad bitch, and I literally watched my daughter's head, and you guys can't see this, Tony can, but her literally her whole posture when Jade said that, she just went up, 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 chest out chin high and it was just like she looked like she was ready to fight and i was like yo she just had her ultimate word." like she literally was like yo i'm taking pride it was this crazy moment where i'm like that's why i still love wrestling to this to this day is because of stuff like that and i've gotten to kind of jump back in through my children and i'm so grateful people talk about the craziness of wrestling i think this is a renaissance for wrestling it's a rebirth and and you guys have shown it now for a couple of years and have a consistent number that I can't wait to watch grow. Um, you guys are coming to L.A. soon. I want to come to that show. Um, I'm not going to run in. I will not affect any matches, even if Moxley is in trouble. And uh, (laughs) But I just want to go. I I haven't been to a live show in so long. I go to indie shows out here, but it's a different vibe. You guys are going to be at the Forum, which is beautiful now. Since they bought it and refurbished it, the acoustics are great in there. It's such a beautiful space. And the WWE abandoned our West Coast. There's no more Summer Slams here. So let us show you. Let us make you feel at home, man. We'll sell your asses out. I'm
3: an LA guy. You don't have to sell me on LA. Good. Uh, I'm a, I've lived in L.A. for you know years of my life, and uh, I can't wait to come back.
0: Not so bad.
1: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community—
2: Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: I said this once in another interview, but I went completely over the head of everybody in the room I said it to. So you'll appreciate this much more than anyone else in that media scrum. I think, uh, so like, I I love going back and I was back for the Super Bowl and it was the first time I've been able to really hang out in LA in a while because I was back for a few days. And I went to Craig's and you know there's like a paparazzi out in front of craig's and i'm sure they whenever you walk in they are like fred and freddy and you want to take photos that's
0: why i hide out yeah
3: man. <laughs> <laughs> like uh so when i when i've never had that at craig's before like where they like mob me and i got
2: sure.
3: like oh man <laughs> like this is a very different T- la than the last time i was here
0: man tmz likes wrestling bro it's it's you know Hollywood embraces or embraced wrestling one time, one time in the eighties. And then it was always kind of like this. Yeah. They're in our business, but not really in our business. Like in the nineties, when I was coming up, they'd be like pretty, you're a film actor, not a TV actor. I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden Glenn close does a show on FX and it's like, opens up the floodgates for everyone. Right.
3: Glenn close. What a really nice lady,
0: bro. She and only one other actor are the only people who have ever won an Academy Award, a Tony Award, and an Emmy Award. It's like her and Jack Albertson from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory.
3: He's so talented, but also like a really, really nice person. Uh, we went to the Beijing Olympics together.
0: What? Whoa, whoa, brought, what? What? Oh, this like is a, a great part side of our, like, quest.
3: American contingent of people, like our our, uh, we, my family and and some other families. Uh, there's like it was like a group of CEOs and her husband and my dad and a bunch of people organized this trip to beijing for the 2008 olympics i had just graduated uh, college like uh maybe a year prior and i was i was working my first job and uh it was a lot of fun but like the beijing olympics it was a real experience and like these days they organized this like tour so we were like going game to game and there was no food (laughs) and and we get to the the, i haven't seen her in years but this is like she was so nice um we got into the basketball games and it was USA versus China. It was at the time the most watched sporting event of all time. There were 3 billion people watched. Oh yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: USA versus China and USA had LeBron, Kobe, uh, Carmelo, so many great players. And, uh, and I went out and the concession stand. Now the one thing they did in Beijing really well is all the stuff on the menu was very affordably priced, but like, it was like, you know, there was like meat on stick, which is like, okay, what's this going to be? And
0: uh, like, could you just tell me what kind of meat? <laughs> yeah.
3: And there was this one thing, I can't remember what it said, but I think it said biscuits or something. And I was like, God, I've tried it. What is at this point? I got to see what that is. What yeah, is I'll it? go biscuits. And it turned out to be Ritz crackers. Come on. <laughs> oh, like, like
0: biscuits, like English crackers. Yeah. like yeah. Chris So Chris. I yeah. get like a
3: box of Ritz crackers. And I <laughs> at go the
0: Olympics.
3: To I sit down, Glenn Close looks at me and she goes, oh my God, Rich Crackers, where did you get those? <laughs> we are <were> so
2: hungry.
3: it's <laughs> like, so like, uh, but yeah, I uh, such a great talent also.
2: You
0: know, all those old school actresses are so smooth and so, I fell in love with all of them a little bit, man. And they always have like great quotes. I remember Kathleen Turner was quoted as saying, a movie is a marriage with a guaranteed divorce. So fall in love as much as you want because it ends soon enough. And it was just like, yo, that's some smooth shit. I would never, I'd be like, movies are cool. I like making them like, it would never sound smooth like that, man. I love that you got to hang with her. When I was coming up, I always got to, you know, my dad charmed a lot of people. So they, they were good to me, you know, and I met a lot of old school cats and I could always tell, if they had uh, slept with my father or not, based on the way they said hi. I'll tell you you'll love this story, okay? You're the perfect age for this. So you remember Joanna Kearns from Growing Pains? Of course, yeah. Okay, so sweetest mom in the world. In the 70s, she was a dancer and a really good one. And my dad was dating her, and he used to go on dates with her and Pam Greer because they liked each other. So he'd take them both out at the same time. This is the 70s, okay? So I'm on a pilot that didn't get picked up and Joanna Kearns is playing one of the roles. And I didn't even know. And I go into the trailer and I see her look at me and double take. And she goes, hi. So right away, I know they had sex. Right, right away, I know they had sex because there's always a breath first. It's always. And if it's not, if it's just, oh, hello, then I know they were just friends and cool. Right. So right away, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is awkward. So I'm sitting there and she goes, "This quiet and awkward. And she goes, can I tell you a story about your dad? And I was like, I was waiting for it. So she goes, OK, your dad and I, it was 1975 and we were on a date with Pam Greer, me and your dad at a restaurant and Richard Pryor called the restaurant and he said, Hey, I'm having a party at my house. Come by. And Richard discovered my father, but he was very jealous of my father because he loved Pam Greer. And Pam wrote about this in her biography. So it's not like, uh, in her autobiography, it's not like telling tales out of school, but she loved my daddy. So my dad brought Pam and Joanna to Richard's house and there was no party my my dad in the 70s playboy radio would do comedy from like 10 p.m to 2 a.m on the radio and a lot of comics would try out new new material there just to see how it would play and my dad had a set that he hated and richard got the set and he started playing it as soon as they walked in and it's like yeah you're gonna fall in love with this unfunny motherfucker and my dad goes and joanne's telling me the story she goes your dad jumped over the couch punched richard in the face took the reel off his like it was on like a wheel to wheel audio thing, grabbed Pam and left me. I said what? She goes, yeah. He forgot me at Richard's house. I go, what did Richard do? He said, "Bitch, get yourself a cab." <laughs> threw her out. <laughs> Holy shit! That's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in my life. Brother, the old school actresses are always the best, man. Always, and the seventies were the seventies, man. So they get to have the coolest stories. Our stories are like, yeah, that was pretty sweet. And theirs are, you know, an hour long and awesome.
3: Yeah, I, I've got nothing to compare to that. We were we were just born
0: <laughs> in the wrong generation. That's all. But listen, dude you you're kicking so much ass, man, and I love to see the growth of the of the brand that you're building. I love to see your take on the business.
3: What's your favorite stuff? Like not, but not you know, take the modern, take AEW, whatever. Not that I'm saying it would be. But you said you like a lot of what we're doing, which I really yeah, I do. So going back, like you know, uh, what's your favorite stuff?
0: So like, if I had to. My favorite sort of moments. I loved when JBL invaded ECW and cut the wrestling god promo. That's one of my favorite promos of all time. Uh Brett was
3: a, you love the original one
0: night Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved Bret Hart, not Shawn Michaels. I always pulled pulled for Bret Hart. I always believed in Bret Hart. All my friends pulled for Shawn Michaels. Kieran Culkin. and I still argue about it to this day in, in a very unfriendly way. Yes, very much so. Very much so. I gotta go leno He taught my dad how to freaking drive, so I gotta go Leno. <laughs> was point, you know, was
3: in it, I felt like where the way people went back and forth on it, it reminded me of Dave and Jay because it was like two like people in a, in the same era in the nineties, these two guys And especially
0: with the behind the scenes stuff going on too, it was very similar. And they used
3: to be friends and they were really a big part of like and it, you know, Brett had like done a lot to help advance Sean's career when he went to be a singles wrestler. Just like Dave did a lot to advance Jay's career um, as a comedian when yeah. Dave had and uh, and then the way it shook out and one guy being maybe flashier and the other guy being more in Dave's case, I would say like a little bit more probably the comics
0: comic. I would I would say he's the more intellectual of the comics and Jay was the more mainstream, right? Like Jay had Jay. I, I know Jay Leno's 70 set because my dad gave him his first job and he literally had jokes about milk and cookies. You know what I mean? Whereas like Dave Letterman is never going to touch that subject unless it's in the most cynical way possible. And it has nothing to do with milk or cookies. That's just like, you know, the, the color for it. So they were very different, very different comics as far as like an accessible, safe one. And one who doesn't care if you don't get his joke, he just doesn't care. You know what I mean? And Dave, Dave doesn't care if you don't get the, Dave used to be rough on a guest. If the guest wasn't that good, he would kind of dump on the guest. Whereas Jay's like, let's, let's, let's sparkle. Let's sparkle. But I think actors and comics and musicians always wanted to earn Dave's respect more than Jay's when they were doing the shows back in the day.
2: Terms and conditions apply.
3: There's so many wrestlers in the business, and they talk about in the same way about trying, you know, getting respect from Bret Hart. It's like the highest uh, praise you can get because he's
0: so sparing with it. He doesn't throw it out there. He really—it's an old school philosophy: D- hand out dignity, demand people earn respect. Everyone deserves dignity, but respect should be earned on a case by case basis. And Bret Hart embodies that way more than anything i just said you know what i mean like he's so hardcore about it and that's
3: still so, so yeah i've always i've always been a fan of brett but like i watched just like i watched america go back and forth on dave and jay i watched uh you know the the wwf even go back on brett the fans and vince kind yeah of man the- on them at different points. And it's really kind of a fascinating uh thing to watch. Like the experience Bob Wright at NBC was probably having was very similar to the experiences Vince was having, I think, in many
0: ways. Very much so. Very much so. All we gotta do is find the uh we gotta find whatever the the equivalent for the Jamie Kellner character is, and then everybody will kind of universally team up and beat him down. <laughs> well,
3: Yo, nice. he- not he me. was I he
0: was the exec on out. on Sarah's show back on the day on Buffy, and so when he I used to give him shit all the time. I'd be like, "Dude, I'm gonna kick your ass." When it, he'd be like, "Dude, it's not me." I'd be like, "I know exactly it was you." I used to give him shit all the time about
3: it. It worked out great for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're the <laughs> last one to complain about Jamie. Yeah,
3: you're his like, biggest fan. If we wouldn't be here right now. I would be working in football, and I would still be very happy. But I would I would never have unlocked this part of my you,
0: life. You get to do something creative, which is real special. And in the most respectful way, a part of me is even like a little jealous, man. Cause it's just like, I see, they can't see you smiling, but I see you smile when you talk about your job and to see people get to do what they love that you, that you never work a day. If you do what you love, whatever the saying is like, you look really happy and you look really motivated, man. So thanks so much, dude. I appreciate you.
1: Dude,
3: thank you. Thanks for giving me the time to talk on the show. And it's, i mean, honestly, the, the doing this, doing the show. I hope that the people listening to this have enjoyed it nearly as much as we've enjoyed recording it.
0: Um, we'll have you on for a repeat. We'll do a repeat.
3: I would love to do a repeat and and uh, you know talk more wrestling because I felt like every time I got going, like I was trying to, I wanted to really put it's over. Your,
0: I think, oh, it's it's so your. It's your fault. You you like Clue, and it like once. Once people like Clue, it's like when there's two people that like wrestling at a poker game, like the one person, they kind of be like, oh, wrestler. But if there's another one there, all of a sudden nobody could touch him and they become powerful. And that's what we did today.
3: That's right. That's it. (laughs) And that is it. I mean, give me two wrestling people. I heard Kieran Colton's a big fan. Bro,
0: Kieran is like crazy hard. You got to meet this dude, man. He's a New Yorker. Um, he's working like crazy on Succession, but this dude is like an encyclopedia. I've seen he's been kicked out of a wrestling show. He threw a beer at Big Show. He got so mad one time and got thrown out of a wrestling show. They made up. Um, I watched him wrestle The Miz at WrestleMania in Arizona when Bret Hart and the whole Hart family came in on Vince. Um, they wrestled for forty minutes in our hotel room. And it was like a shoot match almost. And and then Kieran lays down finally and Miz Pins him for the one, two, three. A 40 minute match, bro. Like he was so I'm sure he still loves it, but back then, like he was so hardcore, bro. He had a closet full of like the action figures and like chose them over his girlfriend at the time, was like, I'm not getting rid of those. You can bounce. And she did, and he was glad. He's a gangster, bro. I love
3: Kieran. I, this guy, I gotta you know what's crazy is it's my favorite show succession. Yeah. yeah. I can say and not only is it that the absolute truth, but I can also say that and put it over because we're media partners with HBO and the TNT. So it's like a synergy, but it's also really my favorite show. It's even my dad's favorite show. I was going
0: to say, there's got to be a, like a, an odd connection for you there because there is that huge patriarch father figure. And then the son that wants to, Hey, I'm going to do my thing, but I want to make you proud at the same time. You got to connect to that big time.
3: Kendall never had wrestling. They like, Pendle never had that thing in his life that he could go do, because what was he supposed to do? Like, I never had that thing until this that set me apart from my dad where people would say, okay, that's Tony. Like, that's what – because working in football, even still, like, working on statistics, even Fulham, where I'm the general manager and negotiating all the contracts and, and taking all the heat, uh, uh, you know, there maybe a little bit more in England, but for the most part, like, I'm known for being, until AEW, my father's son. And it was, you know, Kendall and none of the Roy's really never had that. They never had that thing, that project that they wanted to do. That
0: they, they needed. This, they needed acting. wrestling.
3: They just want the whole thing. They wanted his whole empire, the whole business. None of them ever sank their teeth into one thing. And I mean, you know, Kendall never had that. Roman never had that. And uh and she had never had that. And and obviously, Connor never had that. So Roman
0: Roman's going to be the one that starts the indie company.
3: <laughs> well they really, they, season they really eight
0: know, like, succession
3: what's crazy to me about success is my favorite show kieran colkin is like so this crazy wrestling fan i've heard nick Braun is also a big wrestling fan who plays cousin greg oh. and, and you know who is i have yet now i am really excited to meet him he's been he's coming he was a guest in our boardroom but i had not gotten to go see him in person jesse armstrong is a huge fulham fan
0: and oh really
3: he's a season ticket holder
0: <laughs> well, yeah then yeah really
3: and, so, like, <laughs> and i cannot believe that because i'm such a huge fan of his his work so i really excited to meet him too because it's such a great show but the connections and it's such a small world
0: they um, kill it. it it really is a, and it keeps getting smaller this circle um i think kieran's the best actor on the network period like i the work he's put up the last two years i you, you can put up against anybody and you ain't going to say someone did better
3: incredible he's one of the a, a, He's amazing. He's one of the best actors on television right now. I totally agree. The yeah, Roman man. character, I could, I could watch Succession all day, all
0: night. Well, there um, you go. We went from wrestling to Clue to Madeline Kahn to Glenn Close to Growing Pains to Succession. Let me complete
3: the circle before we close out. Between I
0: have to ask <laughs> what? Yeah, what?
3: Especially because I think he's somebody who is, is close, uh, you know, close to your your father, who is Gary Shanley.
0: And yeah, I'm a huge yeah. and my that was show. the best show my wife and i used to sit in bed and watch it together all the time man all the damn time i love that show
3: and i still do i think there's like that's the show when i have like reflective moments like at the beginning of the pandemic i watched so much stuff to try and get a handle like what are we going to do what are we, <laughs> we going to do the shows and i watched Letterman with no audience during the hurricane, and I was like, "This what only Dave could do." This it was Dave and Denzel in an empty studio, and I was like, "This is what I don't want to do because I don't think anybody could pull this off." It it was was weird. WWE tried to do it in the empty brother.
0: I'll be honest with you, I was looking forward to it because sometimes the crowds make me mad. And about three minutes in, I was like, "Yeah, I was wrong. (laughs) This needs a crowd, and it needs one right now." And I hope they scream super loud.
3: Well, you may have heard me tell this story on another show, but like, so the thing that I, I was, so I was digging deep watching stuff. I watch a bunch of Larry Sanders. So I'm trying to get introspective. That's what I watch. And, uh, and then, uh, he's
0: such a self-hater though. Careful. Man. I hate
3: myself As hate- <laughs> much as you people on the internet, like nobody hates me more than me. I hate myself. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like you'll never see me on TV for more than a minute or two making an announcement, like in 127 episodes the Only times I've ever gone out there were to announce the Ring of Honor purchase, yeah, and just say goodbye to Brody Lee. And those in yeah. 107 episodes, I've shown my face for maybe five minutes total, and at, you know, out of thousands and thousands. So, um, uh, I, I there's a lot of that, like, uh, in me, and also, Artie like trying to keep everything together. Uh, <laughs> and, and then Hank, which is like anybody in your life that like Everybody loves
0: Hank, man. Yeah, I, there, just, I, we all have a Hank. We're Hanks rough stuff. on Hank, but we love Hank.
3: But there's, when Hank comes through, it makes it all. <laughs> and, and so I love Larry Sanders, but, um, and uh, I, I would watch that. But the other thing I really watched that helped me in the pandemic was um, one of my friends is a writer for Fallon. And they uh, had, staff and crew in the audience for the, for the pandemic episodes at the beginning, and it set them apart from the other talk shows because he,
0: even though he maybe
3: only had a dozen, well, you couldn't see them. Sure, people. at least like,
0: there was some laughter people. though.
3: That's it. It was 80% of the utility of a full audience, and that's what I realized. It was like if I put a small audience of the crew and wrestlers around the ring, that's going to have most of the, it's not going to be quite as good, but it'll be the best but, thing on TV.
0: It's better than just uh, nothing. You don't want to be in a funeral home watching wrestling, man. Like you want to, you want some energy, man. I'm s- we're about to side quest again and go on for another three hours. So we have to do another episode, but I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank you. And this has been the most pleasantly jealous I've been in a very long time. So thanks. No, in the, in the best possible way. I love what you're doing. And it makes me wanna. It makes me wanna reach out more. You know what I mean. It makes me wanna stre- stretch more wings like that. This has been a production of iHeart's Michael Tura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
2: There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most... State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.